Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at TheHuddle.com with your host Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. Welcome back to another episode of the Blitzed Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gallo, joined by Harley as my sidekick and co-host. Harley, how's it going? Oh, man, it's been a long weekend this weekend. And I really didn't do anything other than sit around and watch football all weekend, but my body is aching like I played four quarters. How do you think the team's bodies are aching of a few of those ones that were kind of playing hold my beer, if you know what I mean? They've got to be hurting, and I mean... I'm just shocked at the number of rib injuries already this year. Oh, no. I'm shocked at, and i got to say this a little quietly because my wife is in the room while I'm recording, and she'll hear this, and I may bring back like some PTSD to her, but I can't believe that the bank, that the, the Browns lost their game after being up 13 with a minute 55 to play. And then that wound up not even being the worst of the weekend, really, if you want to think about it, because then you had, who was the next one up that, that said, hey, hold my beer, and I'm going to go do this? Was it the Arizona and... Vegas, or was that? That was well, last. No, the Arizona was one of the later ones. I'd say the, the Jets. That, well, no, the Jets. <laughs> so, yeah, the Jets and Browns were one. And then you had, what was it? There was a second one. Let me remember. Who was it? It was, yeah. Miami? Yes, there you go. It was Miami-Baltimore. So Baltimore says, hold my beer. And they gave up, a, they were up, what, 35 to 14 going into the fourth quarter? Yep. And then you have Vegas. I mean, come on. They were up 20. Was it 20? 20 to nothing in the fourth quarter, something like that. 23 to nothing in the fourth quarter. And, then and, and lost, Arizona was doing nothing on offense at all. They looked like the worst team in the NFL at that point, right? There were fans in the stands, like literally at, like calling for Cliff Kingsbury's job mid game. Yeah. It was 20 to seven in the, at the end of the third quarter, 23 to seven at the end of the third quarter. That's what the score was. And then they lose 29-23 in overtime, and they have back-to-back fumbles, right? And then the, the yep. second one gets returned for – and they were lucky they didn't lose the first one. Maybe they, they wouldn't have lost the game if they would have um, in hindsight. But yeah, I'm calling it the hold my beer Sunday. It was a crazy ending to many, many games. And, and as most of our listeners uh, know, and for our new listeners that might not know, we record this on Monday night, so there's technically – the, the weekend isn't over yet. There's still two games. Uh, one's ongoing right now. The next one's about to start here in any minute between Minnesota and Philadelphia. So we could have more hijinks before this weekend is over. That is true. And it's picking games has been tough this year. I mean, I had a good week one, but yesterday, forget it. Um, are you aware that Tank is now picking, making NFL picks straight up? Wow. Uh, I. I have to assume he's a, he's a good picker, though, right? So I'm actually filming him. So week one, he picked two games, and he was 2-0. and 
the only two games he picked was the Eagles game and the Browns game. So he, he picked, you know, our, our teams and he went two and oh, then I ordered a set of mini helmets. So the first week I printed out cards so that he could have the card to go to. And basically what I did was mm-hmm. put a treat behind each one. And then he decided which treat he ate first was his pick. Um, of course he eats both treats, but the first one he eats is his pick. Mm-hmm. So I ordered some mini <laughs> helmets set them up so it looks a little better for him, put the treats down. And yesterday he went three and two, so he's six and two on the season. Um, currently, as we talk, the Titans are tied 7-7 with the Bills, and that's his upset special of the week. He actually picked the Titans, and then he's got Philly in the nightcap. So we'll see how he ends up. He, at worst, he's going to be six and four through two weeks in the NFL. Well, I believe everyone on the huddle.com picked Cincinnati to win this week, so things get off right away with some craziness there. Yeah, that yes, definitely. Um, tell you what, at this point, we're going to stop chatting, and we're just going to throw it over to Harley for this week's Blitz Podcast News. Thank you, Steve. Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans were both thrown out of the game Sunday after starting a melee at midfield. Considering their history of confrontations and conflict, the league office has decided that they will settle things this November at Survivor Series in a Hell in a Cell match with a returning Rob Gronkowski as special guest enforcer. (laughs) Trey Lance will miss the remainder of the season after undergoing successful surgery to repair a fibula fracture and a right ankle ligament disruption. A fibula fracture sounds awful, and I cannot imagine how painful that must be. But a ligament disruption just doesn't sound that severe. I mean, they could have at least called it a ligament ruckus or a ligament fracas. You know, at least that would have sounded more intense. (laughs) Cowboys Vice President Stephen Jones came out Monday and stated that Michael Gallup could be back in week three and that Dak Prescott could be back in week four. Considering the preposterousness of both of these statements, I'm half surprised that President Stephen Jones did not just predict that Michael Irvin and Emmett Smith would be back by week five. (laughs) It has been reported that following Sunday's game, Kenny Galladay cleaned out his locker. This was absolutely shocking to me because I thought he was cut a couple of years ago. (laughs) And finally, through the first two weeks, Each of us is only two catches behind the Bears duo of Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. My high school highlights tape is on its way, Mr. Pace. Feel free to call me at your leisure. Of course, before you offer me that big contract, I should preemptively let you know that I need my Wednesdays off like Tom Brady. (laughs) This has been your BPN News Update. You need your Mondays off, too, so you can record. Oh, damn, I should have just put that in there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah um hey it's all about context right when it yes. comes to stats i don't know if you saw what i tweeted out earlier today but for anybody that hasn't been following the nfl through two weeks they'd see my tweet and they might go wow he's having a great year i guess cole Komet is only two catches and 38 yards no, i'm sorry four catches and 38 yards behind the production of kyle pitts and they both have the same number of touchdowns and think about that draft capital you had to waste to get the. I mean, 
Yeah, Pitts was a was a second or third round pick. He could have gotten Comet, Comet maybe like round nine, round ten. So yeah, yeah that's a much. that's a great upside for Comet there, right? Yeah, not bad at all. <laughs> um, oh God, yes, it's just uh So I think that leads us into a little bit of what we're going to do tonight. Besides our normal DFS stuff, pay up, stay aways, and value plays, we're going to do a buy sell hold off some names that I picked. That I'm just going to basically throw at Harley, and we're going to see what he thinks, and we'll chat about it. How's that sound to you? Sounds good to me. And, and honestly, you ended with some some Bears things, so I almost wonder if I shouldn't jump around, but I'm not going to. Instead, I'm going to stay in the Bears division, and we'll start at quarterback, my favorite position to talk. And what about Jared Goff? Through two weeks, buy, sell, or hold? Well, we talked about preseason, how their offensive line for the Detroit Lions was being rated by pro football focus prior to the season as one of the top, if not the top offensive line in football. And what we're seeing is Jared Goff has time, and Jared Goff suddenly has a lot of weapons to choose from. He's got both DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, both of whom are adept pass catchers out of the backfield. He's got uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, who is developing into one of the best young wide receivers in football. He's got a deep threat who he has some familiarity with from his days in Los Angeles in Josh Reynolds. He's got the... Other young receiver, DJ Chark, who really pissed me off this week by not being targeted or catching. Oh, he's targeted twice, didn't catch any passes this week. And we still have the, the first-round rookie coming up here. They'll be ready at some point this season. I, I love Jared Goff this year. I know he was really maligned when he came over, and everyone's talking about it's basically a salary dump. But, I mean, it, this has worked out pretty good for both sides. I mean, obviously Stafford goes to L.A. and wins them the Super Bowl. And the worst case scenario was that Goff would be a salary dump. He would lose some weeks and they would pick a high pick next year at quarterback. Well, they won't have that need to now because it looks like Goff's going to lead them to a possible NFC Central title. There you go. So when it comes to quarterback, sorry, you tell me, buy, sell, hold, pick one. I'm buying him. Okay. I'm, I, think, I think you can still get him cheap. I, <laughs> I'm not ever buying a quarterback, so what I'm saying is stream him because he's definitely somebody's probably on a waiver wire. Pick him up, stream him when you can. Don't worry about it. Somebody else does it. Don't have to worry about quarterback. But with he's that one said. one of my favorite, favorite, favorite plays on DFS all, all three weeks so far. That said, we're going to talk about another quarterback that has as many six touchdown games, I believe, as Dan Marino. Tua... <laughs> To a T. I'm, gonna, I'm not saying his last name. I'm not going to mess it up, so I'm just going to throw it to you. Tung, Tungo Vailoa. There's, there's no N in there, but somehow it's Tungo Vailoa. Yeah, that's okay. It's Tua. <laughs> Tua to me. Uh, I, I, I dissed him so much last year. And, and I've watched some of his college footage, and obviously he had a ton of weapons to work with there. Didn't have a lot of weapons last season to work with, but one of my biggest issues with him was uh, – it just looks weird to see a lefty quarterback. And it shouldn't look that way for me because in high school, our starting quarterback was left-handed. So I should have at least had some familiarity with it. But what my issue was with him was that it seemed like he was short-arming a lot of his passes. But they brought in coaching staff meant to work directly with him on his passing development uh, this past offseason. And I've seen a definitive growth. Now, I still see occasional occasional uh, dropbacks where he kind of short arms it still. And that might just be a trend that he has to continue to learn to get better on. Uh, he's not going to throw for six touchdowns every week. That was an amazing performance this past weekend. But, you know, what? I think you, 
you want to buy him, but after that performance, you're not going to be able to buy him for what he's really worth, which is probably uh, that low end quarterback one, high end wide, uh, high end wide, high end quarterback two range. Uh, if you want to buy him, particularly in dynasty, you've got to way overpay right now. So I'm going to sell him if I have him, even though I want to have him on my roster, just because his value is so high off that game. Yeah, I don't know that you get a better ROI on him than now. He's a clear sell for me. Um, yeah, just here's the question, though. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Does the wide receiver make the quarterback or does the quarterback make the wide receiver? And you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> in Kansas City, was it Patrick Mahomes or was it Tyreek Hill? In Miami, is it Tua or Tyreek Hill? There's a commonality there. And you know what? There's no way we can answer that right now. So we'll see. Well, I think we can, actually. You do? Okay. I think we have enough footage of Patrick Mahomes doing so much in terms of improvising and, and just creating stuff that we haven't seen yet in the year and a half of footage from uh, how many, Tua. So. How, how many six-touchdown games does Ta- Patrick Mahomes have without Tyreek Hill? That's true. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know what? Hey, let's stay in Miami, and we'll move to the running back spot. Um We'll go with a tandem on this one for you. Buy, sell, or hold on Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. Well, I think at this point I would be happy just selling both of them because it looks like we're going to be stuck in another two-headed backfield situation there, much like we saw last year with Miles Gaskin and Selvan Ahmed. Of, of course, these two at least are slightly more talented than Miles Gaskin and Selvan Ahmed. So if, you've got a, if you need a running back three... I could see playing one of the two of them, but you're never going to count on more than like 50 or 60 total yards out of either of them. I mean, Mostert's probably more likely to score a touchdown, so that's what it's kind of designed to. But also, Mostert's the one that's going to be injured by week three and miss like six games at random times and have those games where he plays like three snaps and gets injured. So he's another guy that you just don't feel good about ever starting. Nope. So... Yeah, no, I mean, I would sell them for whatever you can get for them at this point and just know that that team is going to be a passing team. That's what they they built it with Tua. They added all those wide receiver weapons. Uh, I I don't see them developing a lot of run, particularly not in that division where they got to keep up with Buffalo when they face them. So I definitely would sell Mostert, and a lot of that has to do with the reason of what you said, right? He's possibly going to get hurt, more than likely. And he's also a... At best, probably running back four, maybe even running back five on your team if you drafted him, right? So I don't even think it was drafted in a lot of leagues. Correct. So then if you do have him, you have him to roster him, or you, you made a preemptive pickup in waivers maybe last week, sell him. You'll get a good return on your money. You can use that to maybe better a wide receiver position or something like that. As for Edmonds, I still think that he's going to be somebody that can finish as a running back two by the end of the year, and it's going to be a little more reliable than Mostert. So I'd buy him for pennies on the dollar. I wouldn't necessarily be selling him. Well, do you remember, though, that coaching staff came from San Francisco, so they knew what they had with Mostert when they brought him in. Very true. So they knew that they had to sign another running back because they knew he wouldn't be there all the time. Exactly. <laughs> um, at the running back position, another guy that's, that's been injured um, and has come back, and I think he's done pretty well through the first two weeks. What do you think about James Robinson, buying, selling, or holding? Um, can we actually see the proof? I mean, I, I'm not saying that this is like a Trump election type thing or anything. Can we, can we like, see some proof that – he actually tore his ACL. <laughs> right, exactly. I, I mean, it, the history of running back performances, uh, pr- basically for the rest of their career following an ACL, 
is sketchy at best. And he's looking like he didn't miss a beat. <laughs> I take it he's a buy then. Buy or, for me, buy or a hold. For me, definitely. I mean, th- let's put it this way. Uh, I was shocked when Jacksonville took ATN when they did. And I think a lot of that may have been an Urban Meyer thing. And they really, I, I was like, you know what? You have a young, cheap, affordable, high-end running back that was like running back eight the previous season as a rookie. And you go and draft Travis ATN. Why do you do that? And then, of course, ATN goes out and gets hurt right away. And he's a non-factor. Um, and James Robinson looked good until he got hurt last year. So I, I have no reason to not love James Robinson. You can still get him on the cheap. People don't see him as a running back two yet. He is a running back two. And if you get those Travis ATN truthers and they happen to have Robinson too, just, I mean, in Dynasty in particular, tell, they just t- keep talking up how Travis ATN is the future and yep. then go buy James Robinson for a second or third. <laughs> yep. So you're buying him, you're, you're holding him, but you're not selling him. I'm, Definitely. Okay. Here's a guy that might um, make that, that call a little harder. He's actually gotten off and out the gates pretty well, but there's plenty of competition. Um, Clyde edwards Lair. Oh, man. Another guy who was maligned. He let, came in that same class. Let me, let me add this. He currently ranks as running back five after two weeks. Well, here's a question for you. How, how many snaps has he had? How many snaps has Isaiah Pacheco had? How many snaps has uh, Jarek McKinnon had? So I think that's the thing to look at is that they're splitting up the snaps pretty evenly between him and McKinnon still, even though um, uh, yep. has performed well. And again, I think that Pacheco had such a popular appeal with the fan base in the preseason that uh, he's, he's going to get a chance too. And again, they faced two defenses that, were so concerned with the pass that they kind of got away with a little bit with the running game. And I, I think that if, if you go to buy Alaire, you're still getting him at a discount right now because of the the scorn and burn that he, he's put on his owners over the last two years, particularly in Dynasty. Yep. You can still probably buy him pretty cheap. That said, I, I don't think I am. I mean, I think that... Uh, I, I think that... You're, you're paying for what we've seen the first two weeks. And I just don't see that backfield being fully his at any point this year. And, and even if it does, there's still a pass forward team. Yeah. I, I think he's a clear sell, honestly. Um, I, I don't, if look, you're not going to get top rate sell that he's a top, he's a fo- top five running back right now because of that previous scoring, like you said, but you're also not getting pennies on dollars if you sell them. Right. So, if you can get a valid, true, you know, good return on your investment, do it. If not, you hold them. I, I think a good place to look to sell him would be uh, a James Conner owner who's a little bit scared about the fact that he suffered an injury this past week, or possibly a Kamara owner who's concerned about how long the ribs will linger. Yep. Those would be the guys I would target to go after. Not those two players particularly, but the teams that own those two players. Right. Yep. And usually when you do that, you're going to have to look to take a different position. So strengthen yourself at wide receiver, and then maybe you can flip a wide receiver for another running back tandem com- combo that will help you. Um, usually one-off trades won't fit what you want to do to make your team better. Um, exactly. Another running back position before we move over to wide receiver and tight end. Austin Eckler. Oh, man. 
has he not looked good this year? And I do emphasize the word not. <laughs> I mean, last year he had all those touchdowns. Well, how many touchdowns does he have so far this year? As many as Cole Komet. Exactly. No, no. Yeah, he finished last season with 18 touchdowns. And uh, I mean, he just, I mean, he's not, he hasn't gotten the ball in the red zone even. They've been handing the ball off to a fullback. The guy from no. Hogwarts or something, right? Yeah, that, that's not going to continue. We know that. And, <laughs> but as you look at the numbers, the guys who drafted him, they drafted him in redraft formats as a top four, maybe top five overall pick. So they're, they've got to be like, I mean, they're sweating like the Ivan Drago guy in the commercial uh, profusely from their pits right now, trying to figure out what they're going to do with Eckler. And I mean, I've, I've had questions in the last, like in the last couple days here. It's like, do, do we play Eckler next week with Herbert questionable? And, it's just weird to, to even see that. And no, I'm. I, I will buy Austin Eckler. I don't like Austin Eckler. I've never liked Austin Eckler, but there is a huge, huge sweat from his owners right now. Strike early. Yeah, and or and I wouldn't sell him on pennies of the dollar. So if you have him, you're, he's a hold in my opinion. If you don't have him, you can go buy him. I agree. All right, um, we'll start off with a couple of. Not so household names at wide receiver. How's that? Make it a little difficult. Yes. Curtis Samuel. Well, he's a household name around here. He's been winning me money on DFS the first two weeks. There you go. <laughs> no, uh, Curtis Samuel was a tremendously talented multi-purpose back for Carolina for a couple of years uh, when Ron Rivera was the head coach there. And pretty much immediately when Rivera signed on to coach in Washington, he went out and got Curtis Samuel, brought him in there. Of course, then about a year and a half of injuries later, uh, he'd kind of gotten out of the, the scope of the eyesight of people around him. People weren't seeing him on the field. They didn't like think about him out of sight, out of mind. And then all of a sudden he's back this year. He's healthy and he's established an important role in that offense. And he is going to be used in the backfield he is going to be used as a slot receiver. He's going to be used as an outside receiver. He might even be used as a kick returner at points this year. That is the type of value and equity that I love to get out of a guy who wasn't drafted in most leagues. Yep. And you know what? I don't know what you're going to say by sell hold, but a guy like that when he wasn't drafted and he performs that well, you're almost never going to get a return on investment. You're not. They're not going to pay you for him what they should because – They'll view him as free draft capital, basically, right? And it's just hard for people exactly. to make that Exactly. It's, it's draft capital is kind of a non-four-letter, four-letter word, unfortunately, in fantasy football. Yeah, so in my mind, he's not a sell because you're not going to get what you should get for the production that he's providing. Um, do I think he can keep it up at the level he's at currently? No, because I think he winds up sacrificing some of that value to Terry McLaurin at some point. Um, but maybe Jahan Dotson winds up sacrificing some of him. I think he's going to be a solid... Flex play plus for people, but I'm not selling them. I'm holding them. I, I, I definitely agree. I actually think that he's going to be a solid play the rest of the season. But I, I see him more as the guy who you can count on for 11 to 14 fantasy points each week. And 
that is really, really important when you look at your like wide receiver three flex spot most weeks. Yeah, because you want to take the risk out of that position. So if you know you can plug that in religiously, that's a big plus when you know you have that kind of faith in the position. Um, here's a guy that was similar to Samuel, wasn't drafted or drafted really late. I actually looked at drafting him in one of my leagues and for some reason drafted a backup tight end to because it was a best ball league. Um, and I'm really kicking myself over that. Um, but Devin DuVernay in Baltimore. Well, there was so many question marks about who was going to take on all of Marquise Brown's vacated targets there. And they really haven't had the offense around them to support two wide receivers plus Mark Andrews at tight end, plus the other rookie, the rookie tight end, Isaiah Likely, who got a lot of uh, hype this preseason. So people thought, well, you know, this is still run first team. We're going to see uh, a lot of Lamar Jackson carrying the ball, and he has carried the ball a lot. But you really you can't count on there being two wide receivers plus Andrews. And uh, lo and behold, Devin DuVernay has actually performed fairly well there. Uh, I don't think that's going to continue. <laughs> I, I, I think that he's kind of like you mentioned. He's kind of like Samuel, and he's multidimensional. He, he'll take the reverse sweep a lot. He can return kicks and punts. And he's a he's a deep receiver. He's a guy who can, can do the fly pattern and go out and get catch the ball on a deep pass. But he's not Marquise Brown. And and realistically, Rashad Bateman isn't Marquise Brown either. So I I think you're just looking at him as a wide receiver four or five at best. Like you said, you're not getting anything for him if you sell him. And I don't trust the production going forward regularly. So. I would say he's a hold if you have him and a just don't even worry about if you don't have him. Yep, I would agree. He's not he's what Samuels isn't, right? You're not going to be able to plug him in at a flex and know you're going to get a solid you're going to get next to nothing or possibly a big game. There's gonna be a lot more of the next to nothings than there are the big games. It's gonna it's gonna be Marquez Veldez Scantling with a much worse quarterback. Yeah, fair. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. Okay, um, here's a guy. I was shocked, so I made my my um, waiver claims after week one late. And what I mean by that is they ran in all my leagues, and I had to do first come first serve pickups. So you know, <laughs> so I got the trash right, but I also yep. got all my trash for a dollar basically. I was that is nice. I was kind of shocked to find Noah Brown on one of my waiver wires, and I was like, you know, I think that with CD getting all the attention, and somebody's got to be, you know a target outside of Darren Schultz, Dalton Schultz. I picked up Brown. Um, I didn't play him this week, unfortunately. Sure wish I did. Buy, sell, or hold. You know, actually, I, I would think that the answer should be sell, but I actually kind of like the guy. And again, I like him a lot personally because much like Samuel, I've played him a lot in Daily Fantasy the first two weeks, and he's performed for me. But now if you actually take any stock in what Stephen Jones said – that Michael Gallup will be back next week and Dak Prescott will be back in week four again. I do not believe either of those two statements. But if, if you do take any stock in those statements, then Gallup becomes the other outside receiver and Brown is splitting time out of the slot maybe. So his value is going to go down. Now, obviously, we saw this current week is that he actually clicked pretty well with Cooper Rush. And that's because last season, 
Cooper Rush and him played together a lot on the second team snaps. So they had a lot of experience working with each other. Now, I, I didn't think Dak looked too bad throwing him the ball. But again, he's going to start losing targets eventually. If, if you've got him, I would hold him. I'm not going to rush out to buy him. And I don't think anyone, again, much like the other guys we've talked about, the wide receiver position, I don't think anyone's going to give you anything of value for him. Right. So I, I, it's more of a hold on both sides. So as we sit here talk, Jalen Hurts used his legs. He scored again. Nice. Um, I agree. And he, I wouldn't spend a whole bunch of money on him, even if he was on the wire. Um, there's no telling truly when Gallup comes back or how much it takes him to get back into the fold. Um, I do like this one. I mean, it, when you look at Brown, he's a seventh round receiver. He he was taken like pick 21 in that draft. And I mean, basically a complete afterthought in that offense. I mean, the only time he really played was in like week 17 games where they were resting the rest of their team up for the playoffs. Playoffs. He actually looked. He looked good in a couple of those games, but uh, yeah, he, he's yeah. I, I like having him. Um, you can do worse than filling out your bench with somebody like that for now. And if something happens, Gallup comes back. He becomes an afterthought. He's an easy cut. So no, I'm not buying him. No, I'm not selling him. I'm holding him, um, and I'll pick him up off waivers if he's there for cheap. I, I don't. I haven't really been paying super close attention, but I would like to point out to our listeners as we watch Monday Night Football right now, an ambulance is going onto the field at Buffalo right now. So, oh, did not know that. Um, yeah, not 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 a cart, not a stretcher. An actual ambulance has just driven out onto the field. I have not been watching it closely, so I do not know what happened. But we'll see if we can get some insight on that too as we're going along. Yes, and hopefully it's just precautionary. Um, yeah, that's not a good thing. Uh, I'll try and pull up some Twitter here and see what we can say. An ambulance coming onto the field for Bill's cornerback, Dane Jackson. Scary situation in Buffalo. That's all I know. So it's okay. a cornerback. Um, don't know what happened to him. Can't see that yet. So let's just fingers crossed. and Prayers up for him. Yep. Okay. One last receiver. More notable name. Got paid quite a bit of money in the offseason. Actually was a target of mine in a couple leagues with where he was going. I thought he was good value. Has been a good value so far. Christian Kirk, buy, sell, hold. Oh, I think you got to buy him right now. I mean, Christian Kirk was actually a really talented receiver for Arizona who kind of got put in the shadow when they went out and got DeAndre Hopkins. And he still would go out there, and he had like seven to nine touchdowns each of those seasons there. He was always a deep threat. And he had a couple of games where he had a couple of deep touchdown passes in. And again... He was just ripped to shreds because of the, at the time, what appeared to be ridiculous contract that Jacksonville gave him compared to the prices that other more proven wide receivers were getting. Well, Jacksonville obviously knew something that we didn't because Christian Kirk is looking like a Pro Bowl receiver right now in Jacksonville. He's got a talented young quarterback who can throw the deep ball and get to him. He obviously still has the speed and the ability to stretch the field. And they've got other weapons there to keep defenses honest so they can't just double-team him. I love Christian Kirk right now so much more than I thought I did, and I really wish I had more ownership of him because right now I want to buy him, but I'm not going to get him for what I'd like to pay for him. <laughs> but it's worth a shot. It's totally worth a shot. If you have to overpay for a guy you like, overpay for a guy you like. And 
I got to give it to Kirk. He's he's taking the money and he's not getting soft. He doesn't have the fat wallet in his back pocket. He's looking good down in Jacksonville. He's not pulling a Mike Evans, a Mike a Mike Williams is what you're saying. A Mike Williams, yes. So, real quick, not to not to make this any more solemn, but evidently Jackson was hit by Tremaine Edmonds. Um, the replay they said does not look good. His head and neck really got bent backwards. Um, pretty scary collision, and that's why the ambulance is coming out in the field. So, yeah. Um, our best to to Dane and hopefully everything's okay. And this is just all precautionary. Yes. All right. Um, so, Hey, I, I, so you're buying Mr. Kirk. I, I'm buying Kirk for more than I probably should. Gotcha. <laughs> Fair enough. I think he's that guy that can and will finish as a wide receiver one by the end of the year. And he's going to be a solid performer. I mean, Lawrence looks like he's taken a step forward. He definitely does. And so, I like the rest of the offense there. We yeah. talked a little bit about James Robinson array. I actually personally, I thought that Zay Jones would be the breakout candidate there rather than Kirk. But uh, no, Kirk is so, Kirk has made me look the fool. So for what it's worth, I, that's, I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong. That was one of my dilemmas. I actually liked both <clears> of those players. So if I targeted Kirk and didn't get him, then I went back to target Zay later. Um, yes. And I wasn't, I was, I was able to do it in one league, one way and another league, another way and another league. I missed out on both. Anyway, let's move over to tight end. Let's start off with a guy named Gerald Everett. Buy, sell, or hold. I think he's a top 10 or top 6 tight end right now currently. I'm sure he definitely is that high based on his first couple weeks' performances. But one thing that uh, people haven't looked at there is the last week and a half or the first week and a half of the season, they haven't had Keenan Allen. And Keenan Allen operates a lot of the middle of the field, much like Everett would operate too. Now, obviously, having both a solid tight end and a solid uh, possession receiver are important. But uh, if Ellen is back this week or in the next couple weeks here, I think that's going to cut into Everett's targets a lot. Plus, we haven't seen on the field yet this year is Donald Parham Jr., who proved over the last year and a half that he is a huge target in the red zone. And when he is fully healthy again, I have a strange feeling he's going to start stealing some of those red zone looks that Everett started to CRA this year. So I I think if you have him, I'm definitely selling. Uh, I think that based on how poor some of the tight ends have performed this year, you might be able to get more for him right now than you probably should. Uh, And I don't, again, I don't mind selling him at this high point right now because I can go out there and get a guy on waivers that's going to be not that far below his production by the end of the year. I agree. And there's one thing you didn't factor into that whole bit that I thought you were going there before you talked about Parham is his quarterback has a fractured rib. Yeah. And we don't know how that's going to impact things. It could be positive in that he stays with shorter throws, or it could just be negative that he doesn't have the mechanics to perform well. And you don't ever want to go to a backup quarterback. Um, I don't even know who's the, who's the backup quarterback in, in L.A.? Chase Daniel, uh, career backup guy. Actually, that wouldn't be too bad then. That wouldn't be too bad. But in any event, so you're selling ever. I think I agree with you there. What about a guy named Tyler Conklin? Uh, as a Minnesota resident here, got to know Tyler Conklin pretty well over the last couple of years. He was an adequate fill-in for Irv Smith Jr. Uh, when he's been injured the last two years, which has been pretty much all of the last two years. And he actually caught some important passes. He was good on third downs. He provided a big body that could catch the ball. But the 
plain truth of the matter is the Jets really don't use tight ends that much historically. Now, maybe they've changed their philosophy, but you're also looking at a team that's got three legitimate high-end receivers to work with now in Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson and, and to a lesser degree, Corey Davis, uh, that they can throw to. So they've got a lot of weapons already. And you've got Joe Flacco, who, I mean, yes, he worked with tight ends in Baltimore, but he likes to throw the deep ball as the, as the current player. And we, we've seen from Zach Wilson that he's capable of throwing the deep ball. So I think eventually Conklin is going to be a bit player at best on that offense. And they also, they paid big money to bring in C.G. Uzoma this year too, who missed last week's game due to injury. So between the two of them, they're going to split whatever spare parts are remaining from the other guys. Okay. Um, I got two left, and I'm trying to think who I want to go with first. I'm going to go to a guy that is a whole four catches and 38 yards behind one of the top tight ends. And yes. that's That's Cole Komet. We buy and sell and are holding <laughs> Cole Komet. Did, did any of us think that Cole Komet would be this bad this year? Chicken or egg? Is it the receiver, the tight end, or is it the quarterback? Or is it the scheme? Or is it Chicago? Or is it the well, weather? I, I think it's got to be the scheme. I mean, obviously, the first game, the weather should have actually helped Komet, and it didn't. Uh, this past week, there was no excuse for it. They're actually targeting Ryan Griffin more than they're targeting Cole Komet. Uh, it can't, you can't really blame the quarterback because Fields targeted Komet a ridiculous amount of times last year. Uh, <laughs> There's just no excuse for this. I mean, uh, maybe we look at the coaching staff and the coaching staff just doesn't like him for some reason that they're not, they're not gaming for him, but, oh man, you, you oh, I, I've got, I've got way too much investment in Cole Komet right now and I, I can't get Jack squat for him. So I guess he's a hold for me. But there's, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm close to cutting him outright. So I think he's a hold or a buy because I do think you could get somebody to sell him to you for pennies on the dollar. Like, hey, could I give you a dime? Will you give me a buck? <laughs> I mean, it's a dollar. It's not worth that much, but it's still it's 90-cent profit. I don't know. I, I think that the cream will rise to the top some. I still think he winds up in that top 12 to 15 tight ends at the end of the year. So I think he's clearly a, a buy if you can get him for pennies on the dollar. Um, or pick him off waivers if somebody drops him. Um, because the tight end position is a mess outside of the top few. So you want to really look for upside. You want to look for upside. All right, let's end it with um, a wide receiver. I'm sorry, I mean a tight end um, that is probably one of the biggest busts in all of fantasy so far this year. Bigger than Cole Komet, who has no catches. But this guy only has four catches and 38 yards more than Cole Komet, and that's Kyle Pitts. Uh, talk about guys I've got way overcommitted to this year. Kyle Pitts is certainly one of them. Now, the thing that he has going for him is he actually has 14 targets. Yep. And and that's not bad, considering what we've seen from the rest of the league. But there's, there's that certain growing period there. He's working with a new quarterback. And uh, the quarterback so far has been targeting Drake London more than he's been targeting Kyle Pitts. Now, I have to assume to some degree that's based on scheming. If defenses are scheming to take away Kyle Pitts, that's leaving more opportunities for Drake London. But as teams start to get film footage of Drake London playing with Marcus Mariota, 
then they're going to start rolling more coverage towards him. And that should open up more of the field for Kyle Pitts, who unfortunately I think is running more of his roots out of a, like a slot receiver role rather than as a true tight end. And because he's running in that slot wide receiver role and sometimes even out as a, as like a Z receiver, he's receiving cornerback coverage rather than linebacker coverage or safety coverage, which actually is making him. I mean, Kyle Pitts is a dominant athlete as a tight end. Kyle Pitts is a good athlete as a Z receiver. Kyle Pitts needs to be fed the damn ball. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I'm not selling him. He costs too much. You have to have faith that he's going to bounce back. Cream rises to the top, all that good stuff. Um, but I'm buying him if somebody wants to get rid of him. Definitely yeah, and there's buy. actually people who have been like uh, – talking about like selling him cheap or cutting him and it's like no don't do that i mean this guy still is an athletic freak i'm not paying a premium for him i might play pay a slight premium but i'll pay cost to a little bit below cost if i can and let's put it this way at this point now if you own him it's sunk cost yep that's right so you know where there's no sunk cost and DFS. DFS, where you don't have to worry about playing any of these guys if you don't want to. And if you do want them, you can buy them and put them in your lineups. That's the great part about DFS. So we're going to go on over and run in and do our pay-ups, stay-aways, and value plays, our PSVs for you in leading into week three. Um, Harley, set the line for us for this week. This is a tough week for me, so I'm going to say four. Four. I should take the under. I should take the under. This was a really tough week. I should take the under. I'm going to take the under. Okay. Watch us hit seven. All right, start us off at quarterback. Who are you going with? I'm going to pay to play for St. Patrick at Indianapolis. I know it's on the road, but Indianapolis is completely lost right now on all sides of the ball. Now they're going to have to face the Chiefs. (laughs) This is not going to be fair. Indianapolis is going to start the year... Oh, two and one. So we don't have, and they still might win that division. Yeah. You know what? You're right. They might win that. You might win that division with six wins. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so we don't have a match. I actually looked at Patrick and I'd considered him my pay up. I considered him my stay away. Um, at the end of the day, I didn't put him in any spot. Um, I can't fault you if you want to play him. I can't fault you if you want to stay away from him. I came down to, for my pay up to be either Hertz or Kirk cousins. Um, you saw what, Carson Wentz did to Detroit. You saw what Hurts did the week before to Detroit. Mm -hmm. Kirk and Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook, I believe, all eat being at home, especially if they lose tonight to Philadelphia, okay, which currently it's 7-0. So then the other person I considered was Hurts, who being on the road against Washington, eh, not a huge fan of that. But if you look at what Trevor Lawrence did to Washington in week one, which was in Washington, and then you also look at what Jared Goff did, I believe that Hurts with his legs um, winds up with more yards and definitely more rushing yards and probably a couple touchdowns at least, um, two passing, one rushing, so three touchdowns minimum. Um, I think that you wouldn't hurt yourself paying up for him. Yeah, I actually agree with both of those plays. I, I had I've originally to, written down Kirk Cousins. I have to pick one, right? But then I thought to myself you were going to say that he wasn't he was too cheap too on DraftKings at least, so right. I didn't go with him. So, so that's but why Hurts is The other not, thing was – Go ahead, sorry. I'll oh, say Hertz, Hertz is my play. So I was considering both Hertz is my play. Yeah, the other thing is we hadn't seen the footage from tonight of either of those two. True. And I personally was a little concerned about Kirk Cousins tonight 
because, I mean, Philadelphia did not look great on defense in their first game, but they do have two very talented outside cornerbacks. Yep. So I was a little concerned about what that would mean for Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen this week. But, uh, no, I, I see playing either of them next week. And, again, the price is a little cheaper on Cousins, so if I had to go between the two of them, I'd choose him. But I do, I do like both of those guys next week, too. Okay. Who are you staying away from? Uh, this was tough for me, too. Again, it's just there's so many guys up there that I didn't love but I didn't hate. Yep. Uh, I, I went with Kyler Murray. He was kind of the highest-priced option among the guys that I don't love as much. And again, I'm going to say that as as much. He just hasn't posted the numbers worthy of this high of a salary yet this year. His wide receiver core is still shorthanded. We don't know if Rondale Moore will be back this week. He's facing a defense that's anchored on three levels by Aaron Donald, Bobby Wagner, and Jalen Ramsey. Three uh, all pros at their respective levels. So I, I kind of looked at him and said, you know, he's going to probably combine with his rushing yards and passing yards for 250 yards, maybe two touchdowns. That's decent, but it's the sixth highest priced option on both sites. That's just not worthy. Yeah. The guy, <coughs> the guy I'm staying away from, and it came down to both my guy and Murray. Um, I wound up going and staying away from Justin Herbert. Just the rib injury has me concerned. No Keenan Allen has me concerned. Um, they're at home. That's a positive. It is Jacksonville. I just There's too many guys to like and to try and put in to save money or spend a little more and get better upside. So that's how I wound up just saying Herbert's the guy I'm punting as my stay away. And I, I do consider a slight punt, but I, I hear what you're saying. And if the game gets going, if Herbert does play the game, uh, there's a pair of solid rushing defensive ends for Jacksonville. Yep. They'll be licking their chops at the potential to hit him and take him out of the game. That was another concern also. Um, Josh Allen is fantastic. He doesn't get the, the credit he deserves, quite honestly. And then you've got the rookie um, who's, who's doing a good job so far this year, too. Mm-hmm. All right, so who's your value play? We talked about him a little bit earlier. I'm going to go with Jared Goff at Minnesota. Now, this is going to be a shootout between these two teams with basically a good chance that this is going to be for the early division lead. Uh, next week, uh, I, both offenses are above average. Both defenses are below average. I, I'm going to play golf. So I don't. I, I like the game. I like the game so much that my value play is Kirk Cousins. Um, <laughs> slight cheat because he is one of the top <clears throat> higher priced guys, and I didn't pay for him as my pay up. But look, he's 6,700. Goff's 5,800. So you're talking it's 900 bucks. So that's what three points is the difference. Yep. And at 76, 71, it's even less than that. So, yeah, you can't, I won't fault you for playing golf to save some money. Um, but, yeah, I, I like Kirk Cousins as a slide little play this week. And, I mean, if you're doing a showdown event or any uh, fantasy format that uses uh, Superflex for DFS, go ahead and play them both. Yeah, there you go. All right, let's head on over. Let's run on over to the running back spot. Yes. Who are you going to pay up for at running back? Well, interestingly enough, this is one guy that we talked about in the last segment. I'm paying up for Austin Eckler versus Jacksonville. With Justin Herbert banged up, Los Angeles will be forced to lean more on Eckler. He really hasn't done much yet this year, but this matchup, I think, is going to get him right. So we don't have a match there. Um, I looked at Eckler. I just I'm worried if 
if the defense doesn't really like worry about what Herbert can do, how much do they focus on the run to try and make Herbert do too much with his ribs? So I get it, though. I won't fault you for playing him. The guy that I decide to go with as a payup, I'm going with him based on the fact that he's playing at home, and I believe that they will enter week three 0-2, needing a severe win. Actually, be facing another 0-2 team, and that's Derrick Henry. Um, the team that just faced the Las Vegas Raiders, the Arizona Cardinals, while none of the running backs would have jumped out at you with their performance, they combined for 23-115-2. Mm-hmm. I actually did look at that a little bit, and uh, I, I think that Vegas actually has a slightly underrated run defense, but uh, I, d- I definitely looked at Henry as a possibility there. If it were reverse and it was in Vegas, I probably wouldn't like him as much. Being at home and facing 0-3, I really think it's a good spot for him. Yes. Okay, so then who is your value play? How about I'm sorry, my stay I'm sorry, away. I'm sorry, who's your stay away? That's what I meant. Sorry. I'm going to stay away from a guy who won a lot of people their matchups this week. I'm going to stay away from Aaron Jones at Tampa Bay. Uh, simply put, don't ever expect any big production from your running backs against Tampa Bay. He looked absolutely dynamic this week, and a lot of people are going to be rushing to plug him into their lineups next week. But the fact of the matter is, even if he gets the majority of the touches in the game, he still is part of a split backfield, and he's still facing Tampa Bay. So we don't match there either. I'm feeling good about the taking the under now, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going back to that, that um, Vikings-Lions game, and I'm staying away from DeAndre Swift. So Swift had a nice, what, 14.2 or 15.2 points this weekend? But it was really saved by that touchdown. He was saved by two plays. Yeah. A 50-yard run and a 22-yard touchdown reception. Outside of those two plays, he logged 2.5 points, and he was out-touched in the running game by Jamal, Ant, Jamal Williams, 5-12. to 12. And as far as catches goes, he had two to, to Williams, one. So I think that that ankle might be playing a part of this, and I'd rather see him healthy before I pay up at the price you have to pay up to get him in your lineups right now. Although I will, I will follow back with this, that – I think the reason he was out-touched this past weekend was because of the ankle. But I also think to myself that Detroit wouldn't have played him at all if they were truly overly concerned about the ankle. So I think that he is actually probably healthier than we might think uh, coming into this week's game. My biggest concern is that Minnesota has kind of redeveloped their run defense to be pretty decent this year. So that that factored into it also. But again, we don't know <clears throat> how much they're going to have him on a on a pitch count of sorts. So uh, I'd I'm, ra- not, I'm not expecting a pitch count this coming week. You're but, not. Uh, you think that they'll unleash him? Okay. Yep. But I still don't love his. I I don't love him at that price. Fair enough. Um, I had trouble with the value play. I had two guys I actually liked. But who you, who's your value play this week? Uh, my value play is actually playing right now on TV, and that's Miles Sanders at Washington. Washington has allowed over 300 scrimmage yards and three scores to opposing running backs over the first two weeks. And, and it's nice that they have A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith there, but Philly is still a run-first team. So I, I like Sanders to a pretty big game at a fairly cheap price this coming week. I actually like Sanders. Maybe I look past him a little bit since I'm a Philly guy, and I don't always like to 
you know, put too many eggs in the Philly basket. But no, I, I paid a little bit more, not much, um, $400 more and $300 more, depending on the site that you're on. Um, for a guy who is basically his entire team's offense so far. And he's, <laughs> he's looked pretty daggone good, quite honestly. He did um, look good last night, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know who I'm talking about already. I, I really considered him myself, yeah. Um, so I considered David Montgomery, and then I also considered Brees Hall. Um, but at the end of the day, while Hall's going to save you some money, I just think that that Montgomery's a fantastic play, honestly. Well, he was run like a hoss last night. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, except when you don't, don't, don't. First of all, I do think it was a touchdown by um, Fields. It was a touchdown. It, it. I think we saw enough replays that showed the nose of the ball cusped in his arm past the white of the line. Yeah, it's. Well, <laughs> we don't have conclusive footage to show you that. See that ball right there that's in his arm that's across <laughs> the white line? We need conclusive footage to show you that that ball in his arm is across the white line. Come on. I mean, and it would have fit with what happened all day Sunday, right? It really just would have. Um, yep. Anyway, no, Monty is – they have to continue to feed him, and, and that's just – I think he's a no-brainer. He may not well, be and the other nice value. thing about that offense there is if they get the third and long, they punt it basically at that point anyways by dumping off a short pass to Montgomery every single time as is. Yeah. Because they, they don't trust Fields to throw the ball to any of the receivers to try to get a first down. Yep. So, okay. Um, man, the under's looking good right now. We're, it's looking really good. <laughs> we're halfway through, and although we've run the slate before on tight end, so you never know. Um, let's go ahead on, over to the wide receiver position, and who are you paying up for? I'm going to pay up for J.J. versus Detroit. Hey, A.J. Hey. Brown absolutely destroyed Detroit week one. Terry McLaurin, despite being co- covered by his collegiate uh, teammate Jeff Okuda, uh, posted an okay line in week two. But the other wide receivers for Washington all toasted Detroit. Uh, they're going to find spots for Jefferson. He's going to just absolutely go ape. We have a match. I completely agree. It's at home. We've already talked about how we think this game can be. Um, currently, they're losing in Philly 7 nothing. They lose. I, put, I think it even adds to what we could see J.J. go over 200 yards this, this coming week. I really, I do believe that's possible. Who are you staying away from? Well, based on the fact that I'm paying up for Justin Jefferson, you see that I'm going to stay away from Cooper Cup at Arizona. He's actually more expensive than Jefferson. Now, it's not that I don't like Cooper Cup, but listen to these numbers. Arizona just completely shut down Devontae Adams. In week one, they held Juju Smith-Schuster to a decent game, but not a great game, and he didn't get in the end zone despite the fact that Mahomes threw touchdown passes to pretty much everyone. In, in uh, this coming thing, when you look at Cup, Cup has faced Arizona nine times in his career. In those nine times, he's topped 100 receiving yards once. He's topped eight receptions once. His average line versus Arizona, six and a half catches, 74 yards, and half of a touchdown. Now, yes, Cooper Cup is a absolute beast, and he could go off for 203 any given week. But here's the thing. I don't like those trends there. And that tells me, okay, am I going to get 30 points from Cooper Cup this week to make him worth three times value? I don't think so. So 
you know, you probably think we have a match because when Steve pays up for the number two, three, or even four guy, he's usually saying he's going to stay away from the top guy because there's no sense in, you know, paying that money out, right? Um, yep. This time I, I didn't do that because I wouldn't begrudge you if you wanted to play Cooper Cup, although I don't know that it's the right move and you made a lot of reasons for why. The guy I'm going to stay away from is a guy that is, I believe, going to have a lot of FOMO ownership this week, and he may have a solid week. But he, he almost got 200 yards last week. I don't think it's going to happen this week. It is at home. You never know. But I'm not paying up for Tyreek Hill, right? When Going against Tredavious White? Going against Tredavious White, one. Two, if you want some production out of that game, then just pay down for, for – um, Oh, God, why does his name just jump out of my head? Well, Jalen Waddle. Waddle isn't that much cheaper. So. <laughs> he, he's not that much cheaper, but the point is he's cheaper. And they both had 11 receptions this past weekend. They both had two touchdowns, but yet Hill will have much higher ownership, guaranteed. Um, I'm staying away from him. Just I don't like the game. I don't like the situation. I don't like the ownership. Well, I, I, I totally hear what you're saying there. I, I think that historically Hill has done well against Buffalo, but that was with Patrick Holmes throwing him the ball. <laughs> and uh, Buffalo, I mean, they've got White, but their their second cornerback is actually fairly decent, and they've got all pros at safety now too. Yep. Their defensive backfield is better than it's been the last couple of years, and that's hard to do. And get this. So yes, I mean, I'll, I, you can't pay that price for him this week. And, and get this, Hill had 13 targets this past weekend. Waddle had 19. Mm-hmm. So it's like. Really, I mean, I get it. They should be cl- they're close, but they should be closer. Um, and if you really want that a part of that game, then just pay down a few hundred dollars. Pay down what's it's eight hundred bucks on the one site and nine hundred on the other. So, I mean, it is what it is. Value play I had trouble with. There's a couple guys I like. Um, well, I, I, I listed two people to to cheat here a little bit. I did, I had two, and I actually added a third. Oh. <laughs> So I'll tell you who my first one was that I crossed off, so I'll, I'll get myself down to two. Okay. And I still think I, can, might, I might be able to talk myself into making my value play. <laughs> he is a top 10 value on the board, okay? Um, his price is not right. His price should be up in the Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, minimally Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase price, price range. And that's Amon Ross St. Brown. Interesting. But he's not who I'm putting in as my value play. But he is severely underpriced at 72 and 7800 bucks. He should be 8500 at least, mm-hmm. in my opinion. It's, I mean, he tied the record for eight, eight catch games consecutive. He's got more than Cooper Cup has ever had in his career. He's tied with, I think it's Antonio Brown and maybe a couple others. Um, so, yeah. Um, he is one of the best wide receivers in the game, and he's severely underpriced right now. So that's why I was considering him. Um, then I have two other guys, Jacoby Myers, the guy that doesn't catch touchdowns, and Christian Kirk. Um, one is much less priced than the other, so since it's a value play, I defaulted, and I'm going to go with Jacoby Myers, who's having a solid season so far through two weeks. I, I don't begrudge you any of those three picks. We didn't have a match, but I, I will tell you, my value play this week is Washington Commanders wide receiver two. <laughs> Take your pick. You can, you can choose Jahan Dotson. You can choose Curtis Samuel. They're both still underpriced, at least for one more week. I wouldn't mind if you played both of them. 
They're facing Philadelphia. I guess Dotson will probably get the outside coverage. He'll probably get uh, James Bradbury. So that means I'd probably lean slit. In fact, he's going to get some running carries too. But uh, I, I don't begrudge you either of those two picks there. Don't either. I, I, I don't either. I, I can't disagree with you. Well, we have to run the tight end position to get a push. That's going to be hard. So who are you paying up for at the tight end position? This has to be a match. I'm going to pay up for the highest-priced guy there, Travis Kelsey at Indianapolis. You know, week one, they gave up a pair of touchdowns to O.J. Howard. Last week, they gave up eight catches and 54 yards to the Jaguars tight ends. Yep. Uh, they are in deep blank against Kelsey this week. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Kelsey's my – we match there. It's just like when you look at the rest of the stuff that you have an option for, it's a lot of ugh. Um, Kelsey, yes, he should eat. And even if he doesn't eat, he's still the best guy to plug in, even at that price. He's staying, uh, I had a little difficulty with the guy I was going to stay away from, so I just settled on the second highest price guy, Mark Andrews. New England, uh, the one thing they do well is try to take away an opponent's top receiving option, and that's Mark Andrews. So I, I kind of just defaulted to him being the guy I'm going to stay away from here. So I actually wrote down Mark Andrews first. And then I crossed him out and I put another guy down. Um, so I'm going to give us a match because truly, the pl- I, I agree with you, it's Mark Andrews. But the other guy I was trying to make a statement with, um, and that was Kyle Pitts. I don't think you have to twist anybody's arm to, to stay away from Kyle Pitts at this point. <laughs> okay? Right? I mean, just saying. So It's actually it's not a horrible matchup against Seattle there. but <laughs> No, it's not. So then who's your value play at tight end? Uh, I, I spent more on my value play this week than I normally do. Yep. I went with Tyler Higby at Arizona. Arizona's back to their old ways of absolutely ignoring the tight end <laughs> position on defense. Through two games, they've allowed 19 catches, 212 yards, and three touchdowns to the position. This is starting to laugh. This is turning into 2017 all over again. Higby leads all tight ends in targets right now, and he's second to only Cooper Cup on his team. He's got more targets than Travis Kelsey right now and Mark Andrews. Yeah, that's a little crazy. Um, that is not who my, my value play is, but I do not disagree with it at all. Um, so I put down two guys for my, my value play. And the first one was to make a point. The second one is really – and the first one's higher priced. The second one is truly a value play at their price. Um, I'll give you that person first. It's Evan Ingram. Um, he's quietly had a, a solid – First two weeks to the season um, at $3,700. I don't love the $5,200, but that's all relative also. Um, at $3,700, I think he's a solid, safe value play if you're trying to get some higher price running backs or wide receivers into your lineup. Oh, I, I totally agree again. When you're talking about value plays and you go that deep, and you know I like to go really cheap at tight end typically. I do like Evan Ingram a lot this week. Uh, even below him, I like Logan Thomas a lot. Again, I, I said that I'm going to target alternate receivers for Washington. So guys other than... Terry McLaurin, who's going to get the Darius Slate shadow. Uh, I'll, I'll take Logan Thomas, who's quietly produced very well in the first couple weeks here. Yeah, and it's good to see these back healthy. I think that's a big part of it. Um, the other guy I wrote down was, and I think this guy, look, let's see. Dawson Knox, TJ Hawkinson, Cameron Brait. Those guys are probably going to have next to zero type ownership rates, right? Cole Komet's going to have a zero rate. <laughs> Cole Komet. Actually, I wouldn't. That that's a pivot I wouldn't mind actually because he's going to have such a low ownership rate and his price is so cheap, um, and it's only Houston and they're at home. 
and my pick kind of fits that. It's Kyle Pitts. He's the value play. <laughs> At $4,800, you need 12-ish points, so say 14-ish points to get your three times value. Mm-hmm. He is getting the targets, and nobody's going to be on Kyle Pitts. If he happens to blow up in a game, and it's this week, it's going to benefit you and nobody else. Well, again, this is this is really a matchup that they can exploit. Seattle is by far the weakest competition they've faced, and if Atlanta is going to show up, I mean, this is basically going to be the Super Bowl between Atlanta and Seattle this week because they have nothing else to look forward to this year. Yeah, I mean, it's not your father's or our or our um, Legion of Doom. It, it's not. Yeah, there's concern about the, the 12th man. That place is hard to play in because of that, but it is what it is. So we hit the under. We nailed one, Jeff, Justin Jefferson. Oh, I'm sorry, and Kelsey, two. We had two. Yep, two. All right. All in all, not a bad week. I did not love the DFS slate, quite honestly. So there is no, there's no, no, no rule that says you have to play. If you don't like it, don't play it. There's always next week. Um, yep. And, and the, I, I, like I always tell people, it's like changes happen between Monday and this coming Sunday. So yes. I, on Friday, uh, the huddle.com publishes uh, my article, the DFS domination article, which basically breaks down every player likely to be owned in DFS on the millionaire slates. But in addition to that, uh, people need to look for my Twitter feed on Sunday morning because I will always post my favorite sleepers. And sometimes those players change between Friday and Sunday based on what's happening around the league too. There you go. So yes, you want to tune in to the huddle as well as Harley's Twitter account at nuclear Harley. You can also um, follow me on Twitter at Steve Gallo NFL. Um, and then, you know, like we say, check in with us on Sunday mornings. Stuff changes. We answer all the, you know, all the questions we get via Twitter. We try to help you out as much as we can. Sometimes I tell you to do one thing, Harley tells you to do the other, and we make it clear <laughs> as mud for you. But it is what it is. And, you know, along with that, just make sure you always have fun. And as always, get blitz responsible. Cheers. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.